This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's Morning Bible Study. We are studying through the book of Genesis, and we're in chapter 27 of the book of Genesis. We are fast moving through the book of Genesis. I'm uh, it's got 40 chapters. I'm not sure how long, much longer we'll be in, in this book. But this morning, we're dealing with finding out that Jacob has come in and gotten his blessing from his father. He's cheated him. He's tricked him. He's, he's stepped in and done something. But as a, uh, as a practicing attorney, I deal especially with a lot of people who uh, are dealing with estate issues and, and they're dealing with family issues and they're dealing with family struggles and problems and they're dealing with how to, how to divide their... I do a lot of wills and there are a lot of people out there dealing with how to divide up their property, how to uh, separate things out how to do it in the right way and how to do it in such a way that it'll be the easiest for their family when they leave and take care of those things. And so it is a important process to go through really in the sense of a legal aspect, just because you're taking care of your family and you're taking care of your children and you're making sure that you're doing your best to bring about the best results for your family after you're gone, you're making it easiest on them. Now, what I find so shocking, it may be such a thing that is so ingrained in me as far as me and my children and me and the way I see things is that I see it as very important to understand, first of all, that all my children are different and that, and I have two of them, but I think it's important for you. If you've got more than two, then you can use the word all. I guess I use the word all in the wrong context, but if you are, um, if you have children that you understand that they're all different, that they're all unique. And sure, you might not want to because one of them has really strayed from the reservation and really done things that were very destructive for them or destructive for their lives. Sure, you might want to not continue to finance or fund that after you're gone and you might cut them off from being able to inherit and take care of and handle those things. That being said, just because that's the case, most of the time that's not the case. Most of the time you need to recognize that your children are different and you need to recognize and help them become who they're supposed to be in the kingdom and who they're supposed to be in their lives and who they're supposed to be in relation to others. And you need to help them walk in that and help them become that <clears throat> on an individual basis. You can't treat them all the same and you can't expect them to all treat you the same because they're not going to do that. They're not, that's not the case. They're not, they're not your little robots made by you no more than we're God's robots made by him. We're not his robots. We're individual, unique people. We're unique and we were made for that purpose. We were made to be unique. And it, it shocks me when we get to this passage of scripture and it not only shocks me, it just, it, it, it with my background, it is just such a mismanagement of children and it's such a mismanagement of them. And it's coming to its culmination at the death 
of the father. And let me tell you, I see that on a regular basis that when the parents die, the children are split asunder. And the reason they're generally split asunder is because the parents have not treated, have not worked with each child individually and helped them become what they're supposed to be. And they've sown enmity or they've sown division among their children in the way they've acted, in the way they've treated them. And when the parents died, that enmity, that division, that conflict that existed there has just, it just explodes. It explodes out and it explodes all over the place on people and, and, and it generally ends up splitting up and breaking up families to the point where they don't get along anymore. And for me, I'm just not going to, I just don't, I don't see that as a way to raise your children. I don't see that as a way to see how childbearing is. God gives us a gift of children so that we can help them become their very best in life. Our job is not to, is not to try to use them in some way for our own satisfaction, our own benefit given to us so that we can benefit from the process of learning how to be self-sacrificial. I can remember, and I tell married couples all the time, young married couples all the time, I say ch having children is one of the greatest gifts God can give you. Now, you do need to understand that life is never the same again. And that is true. Life is never, ever the same again. And what I mean by that, I'm not being negative. It's never the same. It's not bad. It's not better. It's just not the same. And it's not the same because you've gone from a person who is autonomous, a person who's trying to search for their way in the world, and then you make you find a mate, and that mate is is an autonomous person, and they usually have their own ability to take care of themselves and their own ability to handle situations, and y'all come together as a couple and you and you begin to make adjustments to your lifestyle and you make accommodations for them. And if you don't think marriage is making accommodations for the other, you hadn't been married very long, or maybe you just hadn't even seen marriage, but marriage is about making accommodations. It's about about facing yourself so that the other side, so that the other person in the marriage can have the very best for them. Marriage is a self-sacrificial process. But it's a self-sacrificial process with someone who is hopefully mature, hopefully has a uh, place in their life where they're autonomous, they're able to take care of themselves. When you have a child, everything changes. All of a sudden, you have a human being who is totally dependent on you. He's dependent on you for food. She's dependent on you for comfort. She's dependent on you to take care of every need that's there. And so he's going to cry and he's going to, he's going to be needy. They are absolutely needy. And the focus of your life for a small, small period of time in your life almost exclusively becomes them. And as they grow older and it doesn't take long, I loved my children more when they were older than two. And generally men do. And women love their children when they're little bitty babies because they love that. And they, that's their natural, that's their, they're good at it. Women are good at being mothers. Men have to be taught how to be fathers. But in the process, you, your life has changed because from then on, you realize that you have a responsibility toward someone that is, that needs you and has to have you. And then as they get older, uh, they need you to guide them and they need to give you direction. And when that happens, your life is never the same again. And it's not going to be. And that's a good thing, but it's not the same. It's a new same. It's a new different. And it's a good different, but it's not the same. In verse 30 of this chapter, we see 
that Isaac just could not figure out how to uh, raise his sons in such a way that he separated them. He, they picked favorites. Rebecca picked her favorite and Isaac picked his favorite and they lived their lives that way. And they lived their lives in such a way that it was destructive for their children and it sowed division among their children. It says, now, it ha now, by the way, when Jacob stole, when Jacob bartered and bought Isaac's birthright, when Jacob bought Esau's birthright, that was not proper. That was not an even trade. It was not, a, it was not an even transaction. And it was born of the way his parent, their parents had treated them and allowed them to treat each other. It was born that way, and, and it was a terrible thing that happened. And when that happened, that was terrible. Now Jacob has come to the place where he's saying, I'm going to come, I'm going to step in, and I'm going to take the blessing at the end too. But you know what? Parents should also all, ought to have a blessing for all their children, not just a blessing for one of their children. And Jacob, Jacob shouldn't have been able to steal his brother's blessing because the parent should have a blessing for everyone. He says, now it happened as soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac, his father, that Esau, his brother, came in from hunting. Notice he's coming in, doing what his father asked him to do. And he also made savory food. You know how I like savory food. Can't stop him. I love some savory food. He said, he said, he also made savory food and brought it to his father and said to his father, let my father arise and eat of his son's game that your soul may bless me. And his father, Isaac said to him, who are you? So he said, I'm your son, your firstborn Esau. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly and said, who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him, and indeed he shall be blessed. Notice, he said, I blessed one son, but I, I'm not going to have a blessing for anybody else. I've determined in my heart that I can only really invest in one. I can only really give to one. And let me say this, in my dealing with children, and I do deal with a lot of children as far as representing them in court and dealing with all that kind of stuff. My dealing with children, this happens a lot. This happens a lot where a parent focuses their life on one child and leaves the other out on the outside. And, and Isaac had done that with Esau. Isaac had focused his life on Esau and everything that was important in his life was important for Esau and it had nothing to do with Jacob. And so he sowed division among his children. He sowed, he sowed enmity among them, and it's coming to its full fruition now because Jacob was a, nat a natural thief. He's a natural cheat, and uh, it's coming about. It's coming in, into its, full, its fullness when, when Isaac gets to his old age. And so it says, Isaac trembled exceedingly, verse 33, and said, where's the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all of it before you came, and I have blessed him and indeed, he shall be blessed. Notice he's saying, I've given him blessing. I don't have a blessing. I don't have any more blessings. Let me say this. If your basket only has one blessing in it, you, you hadn't been working on your basket very long. If, you're, if you only have one blessing to give, <clears throat> you got a problem. You ought to be able to give blessing after blessing. You ought, to be able to, you ought to be able to reach out and make life change in every one of your children. God gave them to you. He's equipped you for that purpose. And it's time for you to it's time for you to focus your life 
on 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 taking care of not just one of your children but all your children and helping them and helping them not only see their position in life but helping them figure out where they're going with their life and and figure out how to function in their relationships with each other because if siblings can't function properly in the relationship with each other oftentimes they carry those issues out into the world and deal with other people in the same way. You you have a responsibility to bring about the very, very best you possibly can for your children and to take care of your children in such a way that they learn that they're, that they're important and that they have value because you're teaching them that God gives them value and that if they will learn to trust God and to walk with God, they'll have his best. And one child doesn't just have God's best and the other's not. And for you to even begin to function that way is dysfunction. It's not function, it's dysfunction. And he says, verse 34, when Esau heard the words of his father, he cried with exceeding great bitter cry. Notice, I, he, he given the one blessing he had and he didn't have any more. He didn't have any more to give out. And that's just foolishness. Sure, he had more to give out and he should have had more to give out. He said, he said, Bless me also, oh my father. That's what Esau said. He said, he said, bless me. And there's a there's a bitterness. Notice that he has sown a seed of lifelong bitterness in Esau's heart. He is he there now. Now there there already was a problem there, and now that problem is going to be a lifelong problem. But he said, your brother came with deceit and has taken away your blessing. And uh, of all the things I've had happen as far as my life is concerned. At least I didn't have that going on with with my parents, my, especially my father who's passed. My, my mother's not passed yet, and she's still coming to church with us and whole nine yards. But with my father, he didn't try to sow enmity between us and really didn't pick one over the other. But the issue, the issue here is that, that, that dad, the dad of Isaac, as a father, he is quite obviously, in many ways, failed as a father. And he could have fixed this at the end, but he didn't. And uh, just because you've been a failure as a parent in the past doesn't mean that you have to just continue in that failure. You can be changed, and you're, you can change the way you deal with your children. And you shouldn't just allow it to just to continue on, on, over and over again for them to just all the time have to deal with a parent who just doesn't know what they're doing and is really causing lifelong issues for them. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? Meaning he knows Jacob means thief and liar. For he has supplanted me these two times. Notice he's done me wrong twice. And let me say this, Jacob has done him wrong. Jacob has done him wrong. I try not to, with my siblings, be wrong to them and and to take something that ought to be theirs. He's done that. Jacob did that. And Jacob, it's going to cost him a couple of decades of his life, if you want to know the truth, because he's going to have to deal with who he is. And God's going to have to deal with who he is. And you doing that for your children, not helping them become who they ought to be, but sowing that enmity in their life, they're going to have to struggle with it for some years. After you're gone, after your influence has waned, they're going to have to struggle with that. And that's just, it's not right. As we say in the South, it just ain't right. And so he took away, he says, he took away my birthright. And now look, he has taken away my blessing. And he said, you not reserved a blessing for me. 
And the answer ought to be, yeah, I got a great blessing for you. And with your children, that ought to always be the answer for your children. Yeah, I've got a great blessing for you. I've reserved a great blessing for their day. And that, that ought to be not just for your children, that ought to be for, you, for your nieces and your nephews and, your, and the children at the church and the children that are involved with your friends and your friends' children and their grandchildren. That ought to be, that ought to be the case for everybody you run into. You ought to have a blessing for all of them because you were made to be a blessing. And so if you're not, and you don't have a blessing for everyone, then you need to deal with God because that's a problem for you. He said, then Isaac answered and said to Esau, indeed, I have made him your master and all his brethren I have given to him as servants and a grain and wine I have sustained him. What shall I do now for you, my son? <laughs> That's just a terrible question and it's a terrible it's a terrible response. And I can think about Moses. This was passed down from generation to generation. I can think about Moses 400 years later hearing this story and thinking and considering it. And it's a great story to be considered. It's a great parenting failure that uh, is right here in the midst of Scripture. And God gives us these things for us to learn from. We don't have to learn by ramming our head against the wall. We can learn from others. And this is a great opportunity to learn from somebody else. And Esau said to his father, have you only one blessing? My father, man, that's a great, that's a great question, I think, for Esau. I mean, now I'm not saying Esau's a perfect person. I, obviously, Esau sold his own birthright for a bowl of porridge. Obviously, Esau married women that he shouldn't have married and created situations for himself that shouldn't be. His father raised him to be that way, and he's that way. And uh, Esau's not a perfect person. He's very reasonable in this conversation. He says, he says have you only one blessing for me? One blessing, my father, bless me also, oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. What he's saying is, don't you have anything for me? And that that is such a, it's a heart-wrenching story, if you want to know the truth. It's just heart-wrenching for a child to have to deal with this. And he's a grown man here, but it's still heart-wrenching because it goes back to all the way to childhood. All this bitterness and all this fighting and all this intrigue that's going on in this household is Rebecca and Isaac's fault. And they could have done a lot better and they could have caused this to be a lot easier and they could have developed a relationship between their children that would have endured and lasted after them, but they haven't. They picked favorites and then they pitted those favorites against each other as in a dog fight with each other. And it is ugly and it is bitter here at the end. And the bitterness, and the bitterness is rough. And I want you to know that. The bitterness is rough, and I have sat in my office and dealt with that kind of bitterness. And it, it is something that's hard to get past, and it's something hard to get over. And sometimes I give people counsel and advice, and I try to help them through it. Some people, that bitterness is so deep, I, there's no way I could dig down to the bottom of it. And uh, it'll be there for the rest of their lives, and it is wrong for a parent to do that. Then Isaac, his father, answered him and said to him, he said, behold, your dwelling, he just, he, this is half-hearted if you just read it. He said, behold, your dwelling will be the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven from above. It's not even a different one. He says, but your sword, you should, by your sword, you shall live. He's saying, I'm, I've sowed enmity in your life and you're going to have that enmity. He said, you're going to be a, you're going to be a fighter and you're going to have to fight every day for your, yourself. He said, and you shall serve your brother. And it shall come to pass when you become restless that you shall break his yoke from your neck. And uh, I guess that's good. 
I get, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a, it's really not a blessing. It's more of a curse if you don't know the truth. He bound him up to a life of fighting, a life of struggle, a life of ugliness. And he's saying, let the end, at least you'll break the yoke your brother has on you. But, but you're going to, you're going to be a person of struggle. And, and let me tell you that that's the case for generations to come for Esau's children. And I, I just, I just, Read this, and it, this passage is a passage of sadness because because parents built this up and it's come to its fullness. I pray for you that would not be the case. In fact, I expect for you that will not be the case. And if you have done that, you can only, always ameliorate that. You can always fix it. You can always work on that. And the way you do it is you begin to blessing and hope in your children's life and not tight to the other child, not tight to their accomplishments, not measure each other up and cause each other to work against each other, but cause each other work for each other. And this is not a competition between siblings. It's a life to be lived together. And if you don't know that about the kingdom was made for us to life together and live with purpose together. And so I have an expectation that you can turn that ship around and you can provide life and hope to your family. If you've already done that a lot, step in and change your ways. Decide you're going to be a source of hope and life to all your children and that you're not going to uh, enjoy one child over the other, but you're going to enjoy all the blessings that God has given you. And uh, I expect that for you and I'm full for you and uh, we'll see the fruit of it down the road. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.